the morning universe. It is, um, I'm trying to put the phone somewhere. Not a problem. Hello, kitty. I've spent the night awake with my cat in the second bedroom where I have basically, well, at this point, I think I've imprisoned her for at least the rest of this year. Then I know where she is and I can take care of her and do the best I can for her if she is truly going down. But our night together here, well, I'm not saying we crossed bridges of growth and rehealthing, but we didn't get any worse. And if nothing else, I know I gave my cat this seven-hour span of full love and attention, which is what I was most disappointed I was going to miss out on if she had just crawled into the basement to die. So, and she hasn't bled on anything since she reappeared, I don't think. So there's that. And I'm pretty sure she hasn't peed on anything, but I would never bet on that anymore with her. So with that in mind, yeah, I'm thinking it's a strawberry cough moment myself. I'll be right back. Okay. So should I go ahead and get the joke out of the way? Strawberry cough, living up to its name. <coughs> All right. I admit that was terrible. But it is 5.46 in the morning. Not exactly my prime time for high-edge cutting comedy, but Strawberry Cough? Living up to its name? What? You mean, tastes like strawberries? Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, there might be a hint of strawberry in there. Or I could just be manifesting a reality from a suggestion I gave myself, thus giving myself some sort of taste profile predisposition to strawberry. But where's the cough? I want the cough. It's not strawberry cough. <coughs> okay, there we go. <coughs> oh, <coughs> whoa. <coughs> hey, strawberry cough. All right, I won't say it. Here's the thing, besides not really experiencing wake and bake from a night when I didn't sleep, I tried to sleep. I thought there was a moment when I was cuddling with the cat that we were both going to fall asleep, but only she did. So I will tell you, which can mostly be uh, um, hmm, can mostly be uh, realized by the lack of word recall I just suffered on a concept as simple as making jokes. When I can't explain the process of a redundant joke on strawberry cough as a 5.30 brain fart in action, well, okay, it's 5.47. If I can't, eight, give the world that much listenable content, well, then, is there hope for anything beyond this? Clearly not. So listening even up to this point, I know already feels like a mistake. Why you're going any further 
you're going to have to now sort of at least take some of the accountability on yourself. Because I always recommend that you go find something better to do, something that is personally invigorating, something that improves your own life, something that will actually make a difference for you than passively listening to somebody else talk about what's making a difference for them. Sometimes we need that. But even if you're going to do it, well, you could still be doing something active for yourself. Throw on the Bluetooth headphones, or even better, plug in, and what? Do some yard work? Uh, how about uh, organizing your uh, bedroom dresser? Drawers. Okay. How about uh, organizing the, uh, the, the cupboard with all your spices? How about just cleaning that motherfucking cupboard out? All I'm saying is, yeah, these are tedious jobs. And the effort to actually motivate yourself to do them is rare. But every time you do one of these, your life gets better. It, it, it's livable as it is now. Nobody really gives a shit what's on top of their fridge. But when you get up there and you find that recipe book that had that fondue cheese that you were like, fuck, I want to make that for my aunt, but I can't find that fucking recipe book. Because it got snapped behind that bamboo bowl. Well, huh. not only does your day get slightly better because now you have a clean top of your fridge, but you found that fucking cheese fondue recipe. Fuck yeah. Day's getting a lot better. It's only 540. Oh, it's 550 now. Pause. My point is, any active engagement of a move forward energetic vibe in your life is going to produce results that are beneficial. They may not appear immediately. It may not be that you find that recipe book up there, but you may find something that leads to something that leads to something else that never happens if you don't motivate to get something monotonous, but productive, completed. Which is why in the last episode, I worked out during the episode because I feel like if you're going to put forward effort anywhere and you don't know where to put it, well, if you're exercising three to seven hours a week, then I might not have much advice. Actually, I would. I would send you to the, uh, to the uh, float isolation tanks, and I would send you to the golf course. But for the rest of you, exercise is an immediate return on effort. And yeah, the effort sucks. And yeah, you have to do it almost every day initially to get yourself into a rhythm where you can start to do the exercise that you can enjoy that makes it pay off all the more. All of that's true. So the effort's not just a little bit of effort to go get started. It's a whole lot of effort to keep on following through. Which is why nobody starts. But when you think about what you're actually asking yourself to do, which is to get yourself in a premium physical condition that enables you to take on any challenge at the best possible chance of your success, to be sleeping better, to be more alert, to be more physically strong, to be more agile, to be more attractive. All the perks that come with exercise are upside. The downside? Well, fat Americans, man. It's a long fucking haul to get from, I can't even jog to the end of the fucking sidewalk, 
and back without threatening collapse to I'm doing 25 minutes a day on the fucking Nordic track at 8 miles an hour but it's not that far that's the disappointing part making changes in your own life for your own betterment is more about believing that you deserve it than anything else it's easy in this country to be fat I was fat. I still am fat. Well, I'm still overweight. And I I don't need to be 22 tennis player chiseled formed. I don't even need to be 22 football player chiseled formed. I don't even need to be 22 racquetball player chiseled formed. Well, that's about what I'm probably going for. Or ping pong player. Something in that range. But... <clears throat> I just want to have enough, honestly, flexibility and body uh, strength to avoid injury of an unnecessary cut as I'm now in my 50s. It seems like I can do a little bit of prep work. Well, and plus my, whatever body upgrade I signed up for to kick in at age 49, 50, and then to really kick in at age 54, yeah, that one's that one's just bonus, right? And uh, but while it's engaged, I'm going to max out my opportunity here to be physically uh, formed enough that the stupid shit that I do, I'm less likely to injure myself. Uh, that may not be your standard for a physical exercise program, but that's mine, boss. And at 5'9", 155 to 160, depending on when I weigh myself, um, I'm starting to find myself in almost that physical shape. I got another, by the time Christmas is here, New Year's for sure, I'll be in maintenance mode because I'll have achieved what I need to achieve to get myself into physically fit mode. And I'll have done this since the middle of September to now and through the rest of the year. So three and a half months. And I was at least 15 pounds overweight, maybe 20. Well, uh, if you have to redistribute your weight from fat to muscle, then clearly I had 20 pounds, 15 of which needed to come off or 12 and five to 10 that needed to rearrange themselves in other places. I am two-thirds of the way through that journey, and we'll finish it by the end of the year. And at that point, we'll need to maintain roughly two to three hours worth of physical exercise a week so that I don't lose what I've gained. And that's a rather simple program to adhere to. So the idea that we can't do it, I don't have time for that. Do you know how much It takes for me to get out of bed just to go to work. And you think I'm going to get out of bed to then work out, to then take a shower, to then go to work? So you think after a day, do you know what it takes for me to get through a day of work? And then you think after work, I'm going to go to the gym and fucking pedal on a bicycle that's going nowhere but to a window where I can see my own fat reflection? Yeah, I get it. I mean, I do. But you got to believe you're worth it, right? you got to believe something in you deserves to see what you look like in peak physical form. 
or at least in the sort of competent physical form that you're not going to injure yourself opening the bathroom door stall at the Burger King. And I know some people listening consider that an adventure. Pause. Okay, on to bigger and barrier things like strawberry cough, maybe. Um, there are good people in the world. A lot of them. Nine out of ten. Maybe more. Maybe 95 out of 100. But there are bad people in the world. And it's not that there are really bad people. There are people predisposed to make soft decisions. And there are not a lot of people predisposed to make hard decisions in circumstances where soft decisions can be made without much uh, fanfare. And so standing up and doing the right thing in the face of all the adversity that can come with it is about the most admirable trait you can see in another human. And um, I don't know how to put this, but there are human beings whose it's not their aura, it's their energy. And I know that's probably the same thing to a lot of people. In other words, I'm not saying I see a um, uh, there's not a resonance about them that is manifesting in any way. It's more their eye contact, their choice of speaking emphasis, and their ability to remove themselves in the circumstance from the knowledge or subject matter being discussed. There is a humility inherent to some of these true heroes. And, and they're emerging now, which, again, fucking makes me worry that all this ancient prophecy has some legitimacy. All things I considered about as viable as the cat in the hat. Well, sometimes when the data starts stacking up, looking away from the things that we're describing in this data packet, no matter how ridiculous they may look. I think not looking now is a mistake. So, I am so moved by those with the conviction to stand up and do the right thing in the face of losing everything that comes with that. But, I'm seeing more of those people in the world. I am way more confident now that the good are going to defeat the evil. But the evil have never been stronger and never more well positioned to leverage that advantage against the naive innocence of the sheeple, as they're known. But I won't degrade those that have lives too busy and energetic in other arenas to be fully vetted on what the world is currently undergoing. The innocent bystanders, the ones to whom the world still works, well, 
they will suffer the greatest fall of all because they won't be mentally equipped to handle the disillusion of reality as we know it. Now, are you prepared for that? Well, how could you be? How could you be? No matter what, it's going to be like that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark where that guy's face melts off. I mean, it's not going to be just like that, but it'll be surprising. But so long as Jimmy Corsetti survives and ends up in my uh, my uh, pod, then I think I think I'll be okay. Because I think if that dude uh, and I and Armageddon are all in the same comic book frame, um, that's the guy I would choose to go through Armageddon with. I just some about Jimmy Corsetti. He 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 might be Mr. JC reincarnated. Let's be honest. It's possible. Jimmy Corsetti? I just put that together. He is a Mr. JC. Mr. Corsetti, I am one of your biggest fans, but as you expand your interview style to include more and more unique voices, I'm becoming a huge fan. You are exactly what the world needs, and the guy you had on from the Space Force is the best interview I've seen in years. Well, the most interesting guest I've seen in a year or two, at least. And since you like to promote CBD products, giddy up. And your comment about Tyson, if you're not here to watch men become better, what are you here for? The fuck? Seriously. Seriously, what are you here for? To watch and, and humiliate men into lower versions of themselves? To degrade humanity at a, at a high level? I'm on Team Humanity too, Jimmy Corsetti. And if you're not on Team Humanity, I wonder what the fuck you're up to. Okay. Probably not doing strawberry cough dabs. I'm not. Um, <clears throat> okay. But let me, let me walk back those two interviews that I'm currently referencing to the point that I think everyone's missing here. And I know, especially combatants such as those already named have a view on reality that I can't even pretend to uh, construct. And their view on reality is in many ways more viable than mine. So it's with that humility that I enter this conversation knowing what I know, which is all of this conflict in the Middle East is created. In fact, what is going on with the the... the this is a this is a forty year situation coming to bear, where we are watching religious fanatics. I hope I hope they're fanatics. I hope they're fucking fanatics. Engage a worldwide chess maneuver to encourage Armageddon. You cannot mistake what you're seeing for what's really happening. Everything that's happening on the Israel-Palestine border, everything in the Gaza Strip, everything that's happening with the Hamas and Hezbollah creation, all of this bullshit undermining of all peoples by this nefarious cluster that are going to... They're all in on this being the end of the world. I, unfortunately, can no longer say they're fucking... Lunatics crazy and can't possibly be right. 
One, because they're dead set on making it happen. And two, because what the fuck do I know anymore? I've been so overwhelmed with my own sense of foreboding for humanity. What do I know anymore? I still root for the best. I still think people like Jimmy Corsetti need to be cloned and populated on every goddamn street corner. But until we get to that point, I know there's enough evil in the world to undo the entire thing. And that evil is on the prowl. So, when you look at what's happening in Israel, it's all been generated by the same group. They created the conflict so they could justify the derision that could then stimulate the response that could then escalate to full annihilation. All calculated, all manipulated, and all evil people doing evil things without one shred of concern for the collateral damage and carnage to those of us who are just here to be decent, good souls in pursuit of a good life, which is 95% of us. Which is why it's so insane to think that any of us have anything against each other. We don't. You have been conditioned to think anything you think about another group of people as anything other than, ah, they're probably pretty good people. Because that's what everybody is. A pretty good person, doing their best, that when shaken by forces that feel greater than themselves, can oftentimes react and do something below their character. So in a world this crazy, anybody hanging on with some level of admirable morality and the capability to stand to the face of adversity that may present itself, well, those people, heroes and heroines that they be, you need to let them know you see them. You need to let them know they matter, and you need to let them know that this is the time for their voice to not lose confidence, but to gain audience. So, uh, I did not conceive of the term meat suit, and I don't know who did. I feel bad about that because I love it. In fact, I think us as meat suit entities is something I now can't let go of. It's what we are. And so I'm going to try to figure out who originally stated the human life experience is nothing but a soul in a meat suit. It might even be a comedian. But if for any reason you know that, help me out. Okay, lastly, when I was talking about things on my list of um, lists, my list list, I left off, okay, this is how naive I am about drugs. I called PCP PSP, obviously, and I left fentanyl off the list entirely. Okay, I'll admit I've never done fentanyl. I don't even, I mean, I've smelled it in the bathroom at Home Depot, so I know what it smells like. 
but I don't, I don't have, I've never, uh, I've never, as far as I know, I've never even seen it, but it's, uh, it's an oversight of naivete that made me almost want to leave that section alone. But I must bring it up because if you're suffering from this, I believe this is literally warfare against the American country. I think this was the simplest way. If you wanted to undermine American civilization, pump us full of cheap drugs. Because we have the time, the money, and the dissociation from each other to eventually say, yeah, you know what? Fuck it, my day has sucked. Do you know, do you know I was going to start a workout program this, after work today? But my motherfucking boss kept me there till 7.30. The gym closes at 8. Well, no, I got Burger King on the way home. I almost fucking hurt myself getting out of the goddamn bathroom, too. I'll tell you what, that stall, I should sue those motherfuckers. So you try fentanyl, right? Because your downstairs neighbor who always seems to be home and always seems to not have as many cares as anybody else in the world, he talks you into smoking a pipe with him outside. And then, so, I, I mean, <clears throat> I get that if you're there, you're fucked. But much like exercise, you can lose your appetite for drugs if you believe you deserve it. If you think you're a piece of shit who might as well just OD on fentanyl because the world has no other use for you anyhow, that's where you'll end up. But that's not something you don't clearly know. You've already had this discussion in your head. Or you're avoiding it like you don't want to have it, even though the discussion goes one way and one way only. Hey, you want to keep doing this shit? You know what? You're going to end up dead. <sighs> Why are we having this conversation ahead? I told you I didn't want to have this conversation. Well, three months into this new habit, I thought it's time. But if you believe enough in yourself that you're worth it, hell, you can get out from underneath anything negative, no matter how addictive it is. Because nothing's more addictive than believing in yourself. With that level of love, you can willpower your way to anything. Um, <clears throat> I talk about never wanting to bring anyone any angst, and yet I bring angst to my family all the fucking time. Okay, I don't never want to bring anyone angst. I am unwilling to let those I am closest to sit on the sideline when they have so much to offer if they would just volunteer to step up and get in the game. I am going to encourage them to think better of themselves and their need for the team of humanity than they currently do to be sitting out and thinking, eh, it's not worth it. It's worth it. It's not just worth it. It's the salvaging of everything about yourself that you think might have been lost. Your entire nobility is here to be had. The moment is upon you. Recognizing that moment takes some grit and self-determination. But seeing it finally will flood you with the inspiration to do more. So, yeah, I'm abrasive. Yeah, I'm 
sometimes telling people to love themselves more than they're willing to. But the couple of sparks that ignite, well, it doesn't take many to change the world. So <clears throat> there are times, I guess, that I do want to cause people angst. But that angst is almost always related to finding a way to love yourself more. And that angst-ridden mission, I suppose, is one that I'm on. So correction to my previous statements now made. The next line says the consequence of 3D reality has oh, has to include the permanence of death. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I think if 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 the life form of the human, which I think has like a seven or eight hundred year capacity, or maybe a thousand, whatever the the walking around human form can eventually, without toxins or or deterrence, maintain. It might even be more than that, but let's just call it a thousand years. Well, <clears throat> that might be the amount of time necessary to lead the kind of life that gives you the ins and outs of true existence to gain wisdom, to feel some ascension of Zen Buddhism. But these 80, 90, 100 year life cycles, there's too much disruption, there's too much chaos, there's too much upheaval, there's too much trauma, there's too much dissociation, there's too much pain. There's just not, there's no reflection time. There's no in-between time. There's no me time. There's just obligation. There's commitment. There's what five years from now looks like is more important than what you're doing right now. And that separation from self is toxic. And <clears throat> all of this is nothing compared to the permanence that comes with death. Death's the end. Except it's not. It's not even... It is, it is the transition out of the, the muted existence that this 3D reality is. You don't have to blow your nose up in the ethereal... That's for sure. But if you want to blow your fucking nose, you got to come down to earth. Because the actual... confidence gained by overcoming even the common cold is something your soul never forgets. What you overcome on planet earth feeds your soul for eternity. And it's, it's not achievable without the permanence of non-existence, or at least your complete separation from your earth reality to your soul existence. There has to be that final line of, nope, nope, ain't nothing left, 
She dead. She gone. She, what? Kitty just showed up? Huh? Like, <gasps> Kitty! Kitty's alive! All right. Admittedly, when it comes to cats, nobody knows when they're dead. Their nine lives cliche is the greatest assignment of words to an animal in a cliche in the history and in the future of all eternity. But other than cats, death is final for this round. But your next round, your other rounds, the round before, the round that's happening simultaneously, and all the other ones that are mixed in, give you every confidence to know who you are, what you are, and why you're here has purpose. This isn't casual. You don't manifest on earth for vacation time. You don't take the three-day weekend and think, let's go hit up earth. You're here on a mission. You're here in soul school to give yourself the opportunity to learn something magnificent. And the clock is ticking. You may take 10,000 cycles to figure out how to love yourself. But if you do it in this cycle, well, you may just foster love across the entire universe. And for once, could you think about another universe other than the one you're creating? Think about all the rest of us. If you don't love yourself enough, the rest of us have to come back here and teach you all over again how to do it. And that, well, I guess I'd spend an eternity doing that. Because once you love yourself completely, you understand it's the biggest gift you can have. And you just want to share it with anybody willing to believe in themselves as much as you do. So, how's it going on your end? How's that love meter looking for you? Sending yourself a Valentine's Day card? Well, no, because that'd be stupid. But to know you love yourself completely? The universe doesn't give a bigger gift than that one.